are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sembrano. I'm Evan McCloskey. Back again. And we are the host of the Locked On Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making Locked On Rays your very first listen every day. And remember, Locked On Rays is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube at Locked On Rays. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Rays. Uh, Evan, what are you pointing to there? You're making well, a bunch the of, of the hand screen, gestures. Bottom of the screen, and then now I'm pointing to the Locked On Rays logo. I thought you were doing sign language. I wasn't oh, really no, sure. No, you know. no. There it is. That's my name. <laughs> doing uh some bad third base or first base coaching i don't know you know maybe there's some of that as well but oh, first base you don't even have to lift your hand it's like yeah you guess it's true again you I've, I've said this all season let's do an experiment put a bag of sand at first put a bag, <laughs> a bag of sand, sand at third and see what happens see what the results are compared to Chris Prieto and uh, Ronnie Linares, but uh, it's not doom and gloom or, you know, negative talk here on uh, this episode of locked on Rays as our hometown team uh, swept the Boston Red Sox over the last three days, winning four to three, eight to four and one to zero thoughts. Gentlemen. I mean, same old, same old, right? The uh, You had a, a little offensive explosion. It's kind of how, like, every series goes for the Rays. You, there's, like, one game where the offense shows up, and by showing up, I mean they score more than four runs or four or more runs. And then you have one game where the offense is going to be non-existent, and then one game where you're kind of in it in, like, a 3-2, a 4-3, three, 2-1 three, battle. So... Um, yeah, I mean, taking care of business. I mean, the Red Sox, when we looked at the strength of schedule towards the end of the season, right, the Red Sox originally were a scary team. You know, it was like, oh, man, they don't really have an easy pass here. Everybody's fighting for the playoffs outside of the Texas Rangers. And now that the Red Sox kind of suck, uh, now they become a team you got to beat up on. So the Rays did exactly what they needed to do. They've been a phenomenal team all year long at home. I mean, 20-plus games above 500. Uh, They've been rocking it at the trop. So um, a little bit of a a regression or a progression to the mean from what we saw last year where they were just crushing on the road and whatever. But, yeah, I mean, great job. And we got some positive health news for once, which is rare. Yeah, I mean, uh, let's talk a little bit about that trap dominance, though, because, yeah, you're right, 47-24 and 24 at home overall. That is squeaky clean. They win 5-1 and one in their six-game homestand. Again, just such a close game on Sunday that was right there for the taking. I know you you get a little bit greedy when, you, when you're uh, up in a series 2-0 and you want the, the third one, but they were really close. So 5-1 in this six-game homestand, but 11-1 and one in their last 12. So... When they go in, like, there, it's crunch time, and the boys are really just putting the foot down on the pedal. And so that's 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 home field advantage that you have to take care of, and they're doing that. And, and, and that's what you have to do, honestly, because with the strength of schedule, you, you have such a unique field of play that you need to make that place a horror for, for away teams. And something that I was wondering, I, I was talking to a, a buddy that I went to uh, the game on Tuesday. He said, he's from St. Louis, and he asked, 
how do they know about the warning track? I was like, what do you mean? He's like, if it's all turf, it's it's going to be more difficult for outfielders to know when the when when the warning track is in. You know, usually with with the change from dirt to grass, that that well, that's the whole gives them- point of the warning track, right? The warning. Exactly. Exactly. It's a warning, right? So that's something else that the outfielders have to take care of. It, it's, it's, it's an added disadvantage if you're not a raised player. And I think all of those things, the catwalks, the, the ambiance, the noises, like that's what you have to take care of. And they're doing that just fine in 2022. Yeah. I Did think you go to the I, game this week? I, yeah, yeah. The Tuesday game. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then I, and I play that media game and looking at pop-ups, I don't know how they do it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, nice, uh, nice flex on us there. Klosky. You got an <laughs> invite to the media game. Probably didn't have to pay for parking either. <laughs> How'd you do? I, I saw some photos. It looked like, uh, you, you handle the glove. Well, or I mean, you had like a great stance. Like that is a baseball card yeah. worthy stance it's- at the plate and in the field. Like those were, you had, You've played some baseball in your life, I can tell. The um, the best part was the photographer taking the photos of us. Everybody pretty much got their pictures back with, like, their swing face. So it's just them, like, with three chins crunched up. Yeah. And uh, and then me, I got the photo of the follow-through. I'm like, this is great. I don't know what you guys are complaining about. The follow-through looks great. You had the bloody uh, leg as well. I mean, you're uh... – Yeah, I made – that was on the uh, – I made a diving play uh, up the middle – uh-huh. And to, had to do a spinaroonie to get the throw over to first, and I spiked the throw. It was it would have been the showstopper if I could pull it off, and I screwed it up in the end. Um, but yeah, no, I fielded well. I also I, I made a couple errors in the process, and I went two for four, but or or uh, two for three actually. But one of the hits was kind of like a. They were playing me like I was like Randy or Rosarena. Like I'm yeah. like literally like sky high. A hit is a hit is a hit, yeah. Evan. A hit is a hit in the box. It was score, a hit, okay? I, you know. I was just saying like one like legitimate hit. Okay. Uh, let, let's go on a tangent here. I mean the race swept the the Red Sox. That's okay, great. We'll get back but to let, that, yeah. let's get into the media game here. Let's yeah. let's dive into this. Uh again, we're still waiting on our invite, locked on race podcast. There's other uh quasi media people out there still waiting for an invitation as well. But who, who is your player comp, Evan? Who, well, uh, my, my player comp, geez, who, uh, like, like I, I hate to say it because people in New York hate him, but Isaiah kind of for Leffer, Kalefa. Oh, okay. guy with no, no power and supposedly fields really well and gets on, you know, gets singles and doubles. That's pretty much it. I don't know what the, the bloody leg and the, the effort that I saw, at least from the photographs, I, I thought you had a little Lenny Dykstra in you or something like that. Oh, man. Well, you know, my, my batting stance actually was modeled after Albert Pujols. Okay. So when I was younger growing up, you know, just staying low to the ground. Yeah. So trying to use all of my legs as possible, but then also corking my bat backwards at a horizontal, at, a, at sort of a a 45 degree angle so that my bat is already through the zone as quick as possible. So all it is is just, I'm literally just delivering right into the zone, which is probably why I don't generate too much power because I'm not kind of using a full pendulum, but I'm quick to the ball so I can spray it where I need to. I, I thought uh, the, the diving play, the aggressive type of, of defensive work that you were doing out there, the bloody leg, 
thought you were gonna go for more of a of a, a grindy player, like a like a, a Dustin Pedroia type of. Feel. I would That's, love that. I mean, I just yeah. don't have the power. I had to think of somebody who doesn't hit for power. Okay, fair enough. Fair more enough. More like Juan Pierre. Um, no, uh, I need that speed too. So yeah, brass tacks here. Brass tacks. Uh, before we move along, uh, who was the worst player in the media game, and who was the best player in the media? Game? I'm not going to say who the worst player was. We all tried really hard. Uh, as far as the best, Topkin wasn't um, playing. So you know, as far as the best is concerned, um, Nancy besides yourself. Uh, it's a good question. There are a lot of like really good players. Um, I'll just uh, like, I'll just give respect to Jay Retcher because he, uh, we were doing shift cards out there and Jay saw this after the first at bat and then totally was like, I'm just going to hit it the opposite field. Cause you put, you know, uh, a weak fielder and right. And I think he hit like a triple and a, he got the game winning hit and extras uh, with like a basis clearing double with two outs. So, all that he just smacked it the opposite way, so he knew exactly what he was doing. Yeah, very nice. Baseball is definitely his game. I actually played. Funny enough, I played in a media basketball game with him. Yeah. Basketball wanna, is not. You want to see? You want to see? My nickname in high school was Woody because I was always on the hardwood. So you want to go see something special? Go put me on a basketball court. Hoops McGee. You won't, you won't score a point on me. I can't shoot for anything, but you will Defensive not. Oh, you're here. like uh, Tony Allen. Pretty much, yeah. Like my stat line: sixty minutes, zero, 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 zero. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, before we get to a little bit more of this Red Sox a recap and what that all means for the race coming uh, into the New York series, we got to talk about confidence. Okay, we all know that confidence can take you far in life. That's true everywhere you go, especially in the bedroom. Yep, when you're ready to step up to the plate, that's where Blue Chew comes in. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, but in a chewable tablet at the fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Basically, when you have men in scoring position, they're going to score. And you will too, okay? And the best part of it all, it's a, it's done online. So no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, no waiting in line at the pharmacy. That is in the past, okay? Bluetooth tablets are made in the U.S. and prepared and shipped directly to your door in a discreet package. Can it be anything better than that? No, there can't be. So if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform and get those men in, Chew it and do it. We've got the special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code Locked On at checkout, and you just pay $5 for shipping. That's BlueChew.com, promo code Locked On to receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information, and we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. Uh, Evan, as you alluded to, some... Uh, good news on the injury front and some returnees for the race. Actually, it was, it seemed like besides the sweep of the Red Sox, it was just hit after hit after hit in a good way for the Rays. Hearing about Wander possibly rejoining the team this weekend. Yanni Torino's, of course, getting his first win in two years. I think, like the last, Brand, I think the last Brandon time Lau came back. Yeah, Brandon Lau. I mean, uh, Glass now making strides. Manahan had a good uh, 
bullpen session and yeah. he's on track to pitch in, Tor- in Toronto or, you know, against the Rangers thereafter. Yeah, the only, really the only, I guess, bad news that, you know, comes out of all this is the fact that, uh, like, the Yankees aren't losing right now either. Like, the, the, the Rays are winning, but the Yankees are winning too. Death, taxes, Yankees beating the Twins. It's just what it is. Yeah. No, nothing, nothing was going to fix the Yankees like a four-game set against the Twins. But that doubleheader, I actually watched the first game, and it was so frustrating because, like, they had so many opportunities there to win that game. I mean, from when we've seen Rocco, I, I thought he's been doing fine, but he wrecked that game. Like, he just he just put an just a horrible showing there. I mean, if I were a Twins, I was pulling for the Twins. So in that particular game, I was a Twins fan, and I was just so appalled by every single move that Rocco did was just the worst idea ever. So um, they could have won that game a thousand times. Even even Michael Kay and Cameron Maben, who were on the broadcast, they were actively saying, like, why is he doing this? And like, even the Yankee side of the ball were like, why Why are these moves being made? Um, so it's frustrating right now. I want to see the score because we're recording this on a Thursday evening, and the Yankees are tied 2-2 in the bottom of the six. So hopefully Rocco Baldelli and company can pull that win, and then the race can be what? Fellas, four games out? Yeah, I mean, look, you know, I don't even really care about what happens in this game. The big thing is the Rays still theoretically have to sweep. They have, they have, like, if they can yes. sweep the Yankees, yes. then we're, you know, I'm on here talking about how we, like, we got a divisional race on our hands if that uh-huh. happens. If they win two of three, sure, that's a step in the right direction. But I mean, realistically you're now going to need you're going to need some help and not only are you going to need some help but you have three weeks left in the season where you have to hope that the yankees go on a a, a continue their slide while the rays continue this remarkable run that they're on closing into the you know closing out the season which by the way if they go 13 and 14 the rest of the way they're a 90 win squad crazy to think that if they go basically 500 yeah, they could reach the ninety wins. I mean, when we were looking know, at it like, oh, are they going to reach ninety? You yeah, Kev, I, what was it? Uh, two episodes ago, you asked me that, and I said, I yeah. don't know. I, like, I think I, I said like eighty-eight wins was what I was thinking. So, yeah. um, you know, as of right now, you know, it looks like I'm off on that. The only thing that I'm, I'm happy that I said was when they went on that huge slide, and I kept my confidence meter at like six. I knocked it down from seven to six. I didn't hit the panic button. That's the only yeah. thing I take take pride in. Um, but yeah, the you know let's um, regardless of that Twins game, let's see what happens in the Bronx, and uh, let's let's make uh, let's make them a little nervous. Four and a half. Sorry, I, I messed up. So if they if they lose, they go four and a half. If you sweep them, then it gets interesting. I'm with you. If yeah. you got to sweep, if you want to actually talk about the division, if they don't sweep and they just win, then it's like okay, but yeah, this, you're now. You have to do really well, and the Yankees now have to have another meltdown. And they've been having a meltdown since July 20th. And, and to be fair, right, um, if they do lose, then th- the Rays are three games back in the loss column of the Yankees. True. So True. if you, you know, that, that would be a factor, um, especially because when you, I mean, they have two games. 
you look at the the Mariners, they're already up two losses on the M's as well. So the Rays have like two games to play with to try to get get a get a little ahead of Seattle and um, you know way too early to talk about this, but the Mariners' strength of schedule is utter garbage. They're playing nobodies. Yeah. And you really, really want home field advantage if you're going to have to play Seattle. Like, there is no more interesting race than I think Tampa Bay and Seattle jockeying for that position, if that's the way that it goes. Yeah. Just because you cannot get two further teams in this country. Well, I've, I've got good news on that front, fellas. The, the Rays won the head-to-head with Seattle. So even if some by some chance they end up being tied at the end of the season, no game 163, they go to the head-to-head. That's why the head-to-heads were important. That's why we yeah. stressed it against the Orioles when the Orioles were getting hot. You got to win that series. The, the Rays took care of, 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 of the Seattle Mariners. They won the head-to-head. So that's good. And then if we go back to that Yankee series, they're 7-9. and nine. So if they sweep... They go ten and nine. They win the season series, and if something by by some chance the the division is tied at the end, I believe they also go to the head to head again. No game one sixty three, and the Rays could potentially win the division just by having the season series. That's a lot of uh, ifs, ifs and buts. Yeah, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, what's more likely? The Yankees not winning the division. Or the Orioles making the playoffs? Uh, what's more likely is the Yankees not winning the division. Okay. Like, I mean, the, the Orioles are four and a half games out. And they're four and a half games behind Toronto. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they really got to get on some sort of heater. And not to mention their schedule also isn't a cakewalk. So the Yankees lineup is pretty flawed. And the Rays are hot. So I got to say that's the more likely scenario. And didn't they just get uh, tested and measured by the same Toronto Blue Jays and they lost that series? I think three out of four. Yeah, though I, though I think Baltimore like crushed Toronto. They, first off, they got like another six games against Toronto, which is great for, for the Rays. Yeah, um, they sure. backloaded those games. And I think Baltimore crushed the Blue Jays in the first two meetings between them. Um but yeah, I mean, speaking of the Blue Jays, like another thing about this stretch here, this roadie, um, I don't, I don't think there's a more pivotal stretch in the series than what's coming down the chute here. Because of the day, the lack of days off after today. The, well, a lack of days off. You have eight games in seven days. They're on the road. Mm-hmm. They're against the Yankees, who you're trying to, you're trying to throw a prayer for the divisional title, and then you got to go. Five against Toronto. You got to go five in Toronto um, where you are neck and neck with them in the wild card. Now you have right now a game and a half buffer. Yeah. And will everyone be eligible for that game with the COVID-19 vaccination mandate? uh, Brooks Raley, I think, is the only Rays player who is not going to be making the trip. Right. That's I'm pretty sure Raley was it was Ryan Ryan Thompson, Thompson. but he's on the IL. So it doesn't matter. Um, so, so I guarantee you, you're going to see Brooks Raley a couple of times against the Yankees. Wait, there have been players since last time the Rays went to Canada that have Mm -hmm. now been off the IL. So, 
Uh, I don't want to mention any names just because of the the connotation, but there are guys that have gotten off the IL that were not available back then that might not be vaccinated. And that Brandon Lau, is that who uh, we're talking about? I mean, I I don't I don't think so. Um, I, I think that's going to be it. I think it's just okay. going to be Brooks Raley because of the guys who, well, I'm thinking in my head who are not there. Um, to my knowledge, um, I, I think I think they're going to be out there ready to go. God, you'd really like that. I mean, it's you, every game matters right now. It, it really does. And, uh, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, and I'll just guy. say this: I mean, we've been hearing. Before Wander was returning to New York, the theory was that Wander would be returning for the Blue Jays series. And I feel like that wouldn't have been floated about if he wouldn't have been able to make it to Toronto. Not to mention it would have absolutely delayed his rehab if he was not going to play against the Blue Jays. So, Oh, I, I, should, have, I should have specified. We all know that the, 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 the Asian guys and the Hispanic guys are vaccinated because that's a rule for them to play in MLB. So mm-hmm. they're all vaccinated. It's... The American board players American, gotcha. that are the question marks here. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, we'll find out. I'm not, ex- I'm not expecting it. So that's, that's all I'll say. Hopefully. Hopefully not. So looking at the Rays schedule, I mean, we know we've been talking about how daunting the September slate is uh, with the Yankees, the Blue Jays. Then you can get some back against the Rangers at home. The Astros, the Blue Jays again, the Guardians, the Astros again, and then you close out the season uh, against the Red Sox and the Rays have to go 13 and 14 down the stretch to reach the magic number of 90 wins scale of one to 10 Evan what's the likelihood of that I mean what are you gonna throw out a six number an eight number nine how confident are you that the, the Rays can do this uh, hit 90 wins I'm gonna I'm gonna give them a an eight okay I'm not full full on ten like you, Ulysses. Um, no, it's still I, I, it's still a hard schedule, but uh, I have to believe they'll be um, they can do a little, they can do one game under 500. That's that seems very realistic. Yeah. The, this team was when they last faced Toronto, and I, I want to kind of just make sure that this is true. But it was the, one of the worst. Times as a race fan, yeah. End of June, uh, end of June. I mean, the lineups were just horrific, and they took three out of five. They they lost the first two, and then they won the the, the three in a row at the end. I feel like this is the most complete race team we might have seen in all of 22 in September. So yes, the schedule is definitely daunting, but this is also the scariest lineup slash yeah. pitching staff slash pitching rotation that the race have had in 2022 so honestly 13 and 14 you say green skittles on the over i mean 100 i this i've never i haven't felt this confident about this team all this year like they're really hitting their stride right now and that's because the injuries the 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 guys are coming back and yeah that um, yeah yeah. you you say he's talking no, I, I was just going to say that's a really good point in the fact that um, the healthy guy or the guys that were injured are, are coming back, but also that you have uh, Jose Siri, who is 
killing it. You have a David Peralta who, yeah, if you look at his traditional line, maybe it doesn't look all that special, but he is impacting this team in a major, major way. If you watch the games and see what types of situations that he makes big hits and big plays in. Um, and that's just the tip of the iceberg along with, you know, the other guy, you know, we talk about Yandy Diaz and Manny Margot and the list goes on and on. Yeah. And, You're going to have and, to roll, roll back the, uh, the pod from like the middle of the season. And we're sort of catching a glimpse of it. I'm not want to jinx it. They have a really tough schedule down the stretch and they are absolutely fighting for, uh, their playoff lives still. But I said, if this team can find a way to get through the crap and, and get on the other side and, and start breathing again from the, the avalanche and the tsunamis that kept hitting them with injuries, what could happen? All their players can return for the most important part of the year. They're all fresh. They haven't been playing and peaking at the right time. Yeah. So the only person who we're most concerned about with that is Shane McClanahan, who I think is feeling the reverberations of being the horse for the entire year. But other than that, I mean, you know. Heck, Evan, for the last two years, let's let's not forget what he did after Tyler Glass now came down in 2021, right? He became the guy. He became the guy in 2021 after he was down. So it's not him. And I want to just point out just my boy. I got to give him. I got to give it to him. And apparently I've, I've loved everybody that has had any words about Yanni Chirinos in the last 48 hours. They've been – so awesome. Uh, dude, so good to see a guy that after two years just shuts down a, 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 a Boston Red Sox lineup for three innings. Yes, he got into some trouble. Yes, sometimes the slider was not perfect and, and the splitter was – a uh, maybe the command wasn't completely there. But he got out of trouble in three straight innings, punchy, punching people out in back-to-back times. I mean these are the kind of additions that would – that we have been talking about, like, oh, man, if they come back and they come back strong, Pete Fairbanks, another guy who came back from the I.L. and has just Ever since that stars. podcast we did about who to choose the closer, Fairbanks yeah. hasn't given up a hit. <laughs> He's been unbelievable. So those are the things. They are performing. And, and now, can we get something from Luis Patino? Can we get what we think uh, we have from Luis Patino. But you know what? Luis Patino, I don't even think he's on a playoff roster right now. He's a guy that you need to get to the end of the season. But when we're out here discussing what a playoff roster looks like, yeah, I, I don't know if he's on it. I really we're, don't. I mean, especially if Glasnow is back. I mean, you got like McClanahan, Rasmussen, Glasnow, Kluber. I mean, and... Uh, and a, it's a 26-man roster too, right? It's not going to be 28-man. Yeah, so yeah, I, mean, but, I mean, there's tough decisions to be made, but I, I just don't know. I mean, Patino would only be on the roster to eat innings in a throwaway game situation. I think that's where his value would be. And that could be a, a, in a blowout win or a blowout loss. But he, he pro- you need one innings eater on your rotation, I think, just to say, well, today is not our day or oh, today's going great. We need to just let's save our arms. Let's save our yeah. arms. And remember, we get to set the rosters. We're going to do a roster uh, episode, people, so th- that should be really fun once we know a little bit more uh, about the playoff picture. But um, the, the rosters are set every time. For the wild card, you have one set of rosters. For the ALDS, you'll have another one. So mm-hmm. if in the, in the wild card series, why are you going to have five rotation guys? You're, that would be silly. You're going, to put, you're going to put either more position players 
or you're going to put more bullpen they, guys, depending on what the kind of limits they that they have. Up, they will load up on bullpen arms. Exactly. Sure. So, so I mean, if you're if your three guys are McClanahan, who's healthy, Kluber and Springs, or uh, Rasmussen, one of those three, the one of those guys is going to hit the bullpen. I would think Jeffrey Springs because he has experience doing that. You might. I am a 100% proponent on glass now as a two-inning opener. I Sign me up for that. I mean, it's going to be really interesting stuff what happens down the chute. Yeah, yeah let's get to the playoffs, and we're, I can't wait for yeah. that episode. Yes. Uh, Evan, how can people find your work? Uh, you can hit me up on Twitter, at WTSP. There it is in the bottom of your screen if you're watching on YouTube. Also, um, you, know, you can find me on, on Facebook, Instagram, at Ekloski. And uh, you can find all our work at tentampabay.com. Uh, right now, we have the Buccaneers beginning their season on Sunday. Football is back. Uh, Lightning are going to begin their preseason in a couple of weeks. We're stoked about that as well. And, um, and we are going to be continuing our, our weekend show, The Blitz, uh, in, a, in a condensed format now, just 10 minutes on Sundays at 8.30 on 10 Tampa Bay. So please engage with me on Twitter. Uh, I, love the, I love the talk Rays. Uh, I'm a baseball guy. You heard me play in that media game. It's, it's my heart. It's my soul. That's why I love, I love these podcasts and why we're running at 29 minutes right now. So yeah. um, don't, you know, as long as you're respectful, uh, I'll pretty much always respond to you. So hit me up and let's, let's chat. I do have to say, just before we close out, I don't want to make a big trade here, but um, people need to stop making, uh, you know, what is it, mountains out of molehills? Is that the saying? Mountains out of molehills? Yeah, yeah. Okay, stop. Because of the, oh, the O-line of the Bucks. Oh, my God, it's such a trouble. Look, you've got TB12 who reads defenses, defenses like nobody has ever done in, in, in their life. Okay, he's the GOAT. Can people stop putting so much pressure that the O-line is leaking, Evan? Can it's, people it's, stop uh, freaking out? Yeah, they're going to be just fine. If Robert Hainsey gets hurt, who's, who's a center, uh, come talk to me because then there's some serious issues. Um, but look, yeah, you mentioned it. Tom Brady doesn't need that much time. Not to mention the coaches are entering the season, understanding that the interior offensive line is not as potent as it was in the past. I guarantee you they have a game plan structured around allowing TB12 to sit between his tackles, work horizontally, yada, yada, yada. I agree with you. Thank you. Very good. All right. Thank you for making the Locked on Rays podcast your very first listen every day. Now make your second listen the Locked on MLB podcast. That is also free and available on all platforms. Uh, also, uh, Evan will be joining us for our Friday episode. So stay tuned for that. <laughs>